0: I'm Alina. And I'm Lauren. Let's demystify the mystical. Hi Zen Tribe. Today on the Weekly Zen, we are interviewing one of my dear friends, Ashley Prechet from Bodhi Retreat. Ashley is so passionate about wellness and Zen, that she actually went out and bought a tent to put in her backyard to host family, friends and strangers on this journey to enlightenment. And I am so lucky to know her. She's already introduced us to some of our favorite concepts, including cacao ceremonies, meditation, crystal healing, etc. And we are so excited for you to learn more with us today. Ashley, we're so excited to be here in your lovely Zen Men today, and we're just excited to be with you and ask you all sorts of questions and hear about your journey. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here. So to start, just tell us about you. You've used the metaphor of a styrofoam ball before, and I want you to tell our listeners about that and just how you grew into this amazing, beautiful, vibrant person that you are.
1: Well, thank you, first of all. Um, That's so kind. I... Yeah, I feel like that's the metaphor that really um, best fit and best describe me. I grew up in um, an extremely orthodox home that was very religious and very um, um, kind of told me all the I had all the answers right X Y and Z and you'll be happy and um, and those those answers didn't really um, make me that happiness that bring me that happiness that I thought they were supposed to and and so I kept kept putting this, this box around my ball. Right. And just, just confined and confined and confined and trying to be what I was supposed to be. Um, and it wasn't until like hmm, four or five years ago that I started to kind of chip away at that box. And, and once that box kind of opened up, I just expanded like the styrofoam ball, right. Expanded to who I was truly meant to be, who I, who I truly was inside. And, um, and it's been quite the journey uh, with its ups and downs, but it's been so beautiful and just finally starting to recognize myself and to really, truly like myself and love myself. And so that's why I use that, that expression of the seraphim ball, because I just feel like I was, it was so expansive. My world was so expanded when I, when I came into my own.
2: Was that scary for you or thrilling?
1: Like, how did that feel? Oh, man, it was a really, really big mix of both. It was a really big mix of both. You know, you feel like you don't want to let people down when when there's expectations of you and, and certain ways that you're supposed to live your life. But also, it was so liberating and so freeing to finally trust myself more so than what someone else's idea of what I should be. So it was really, it was really liberating.
0: Every interaction I've had with you has been so uplifting and so positive. I love you. <laughs> and I think even though we have a lot of the similar background and we can relate on a lot of different levels, you always choose the high road and you always focus on the things you love and the things that bring you peace and happiness and joy, not the things that potentially did bring you pain or suffering at one point. Right. And I love that and I think the world needs more of that. Like how would it be if we could all just Focus on the life, right? That but would be a world I want to live me. in. Yeah, no, but you mm. tell me that's possible, and um, so I thank you for that.
1: Oh, thank you. I think that's that's kind of the story I always go back to. Is the monk who is traveling, right? And he gets to a river, and he needs to cross a river, and so he builds a raft. Um, I'm sure I've told you this all before, but, um, so he builds a raft and it gets him across the river and then he continues on his journey. Now he needs to climb a mountain and he's trying to do that with the raft on his back and, and that raft no longer serves him. So he needs to let go of that raft. And I feel like that's, that's how I view my, my past. It served me at a point. It did. And it got me to where he needed to go. And now, now my journey is changing and, and now it is time to leave it behind, but I'm still grateful for that raft and for where it did take me and where it did. So I, and I think it, it's, it's all part of this beautiful journey of life. Right. And we the people I've met, the people, it all, it all, it all served a purpose. So I don't, I tried to make that transition as graceful as possible. And, um, and yeah, with gratitude for, for the good that it did bring me.
2: I love that I kind of uh, I tend to have like a hoarder mentality so I'd be the one yeah. to be like no I got I gotta yeah. keep it yeah what so. if I need it in the future yeah. what if I get to another river <laughs> exactly. right exactly yeah but, I mean, anytime you have that mentality, it's out of fear, right? It's yeah. like, well, I, you know, I could cross another river, and it's like, well, then I'll build another raft. Right, and
1: it's, and it's not, not being, that being present and in the now. It's, yeah. It's in the future. You're thinking, you know, the future and the past. It's you can't, It will do nothing. It will serve you nothing to, to dwell in those places. It's, it's being in the present, in the moment, in the now, in the here I am scaling this cliff, like this cliff. This is, you know, it will serve me no purpose to be thinking, is there a river at the top of this? You know? So, so I think it all comes back to like being in the now, the power of now, this, this is all we have really. This is all we have.
2: And what does the now look like for you? What are you doing currently in your practice and your spiritual meditative journey?
1: Um, mine is ever flowing, ever changing, ever evolving. So I think, um, a lot of people are like, okay, you need to have your morning ritual. You need to have your, this, you need to have your that. And and mine changes day to day. So, you know, I have four little girls who are constantly clinging, needing, whatever. And so I don't have time to go and say, I'm going to go sit in my, in my room for an hour and do my meditative practice. And so mine's kind of evolved to like a a walking, waking, moving practice. So I, um, I have this, this author, this coach, this, um, I love him. His name's Michael Neal. And he, he always talks about the present is that moment before thought, just that moment. Um, just going back to that moment in between thoughts before thought and, and asking yourself, you know, when you get caught up in these thoughts, um, what would I be without that thought? And so that's kind of what I've adopted into my, my daily living practice is when I get up and I um, I start to get frustrated, right? Or the kids are constantly clinging. I mean, I just want to read this book or I want to do this. And then I, I always have to ask myself, who would you be without this thought? What would you do without this thought? And just catching catching my mind going into the future or whatever or into the past, whatever it is, and saying... Going back to that moment before thought and just finding that. So that's kind of my, that's the only real practice that is consistent for me right now. Um, just because my life is so up in the air and wild, but, but that's something I can always do is come back to that moment, come back to the now, come back to that moment before thought. And it's brought me so much, so much peace that I'll never give it up.
2: Well, can I say I appreciate the honesty because yeah. <laughs> sometimes influencer culture is like, yeah, every morning I wake up and I have and I do this all without coffee and I do this right. and I'm like, and then I've managed my eight children and da-da-da-da. right. And then that leaves us feeling like.
0: Well, I'm, I'm lacking. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And, and how do you have time to do all this and be there for your kids? And right. And read some books. And, and then a perfect Instagram sex life it. with your husband. Right. Right. Yeah. I
1: would go, I would absolutely go insane. And so I think it's, and that's what I always will come back to is that I love that they call it a practice. I love it. It's a practice because every time my life changes, there's new balls thrown at me and swerves and curves and, and. And I have to adjust and I have to swerve and, and it's a practice. So it's not something that, I mean, Lauren, I think i told you, I think that anyone who says they haven't mastered is lying because it's, it's a continual practice.
0: And that actually brought me a lot of solace because as Alina and I are starting this journey, even already, I sometimes feel like we have to have it all together. Like we have to be the models of what a Zen end should look like. Right. And... And it's just not realistic. No. But to be practicing and building one step at a time and sometimes like taking a few steps back, but then quickly making it up. Yeah. It's just part of the deal.
1: It is. And I think the most important lesson we can really learn here in this earthly realm is give, giving ourselves grace. Right. And saying, okay, I don't have it all together. I don't today. Like yesterday, I had a really bad day yesterday. And I was like, I am not Zen. I am not practicing what I preach. I'm having a really, you know what I mean? And then just being honest in that moment and then saying, okay, let's, let's start over. Let's, let's practice again. Let's figure out a new way. Yesterday's didn't work. Let's try something else. Or maybe it's a new set of struggles today. And you know what I mean? I think it's, we're all on this journey and there's that quote that I love. Everything I say is someone else's quote. I love, I'm a collector of quotes, but, um, he said he was on a journey he was on a path and someone came to him and asked him, he's like, you're obviously a traveler. Tell me, tell me how, where do I need to go? And he pointed to the destination, which was ahead of him because, he hadn't reached it yet either. We're all on this path. We're all going somewhere, and and I don't think anyone's really quite arrived. We're all walking each other home, room, he would say. So cool,
2: walking each other home. That's that's cute. I love it. I love it. it. Makes me tear up. That's tender. I weird. know. I love
0: <laughs> it. I love it. And it's attainable. Like yes. we can walk yeah. along this journey together. Right. We don't have to be the guides and
1: right. And I feel like thing. as as humans, we've lost sense of that community. You know, we have started to separate ourselves and to start building our own separate little houses and our own separate little, you know what I mean? It's just kind of created separation and competition when it's really, we're meant to do this life together. And we're meant to walk through this journey together and support each other and, and then, and be a community people.
0: So speaking of, when I actually, of speaking of community and all things like that, when I found you actually, I, I stumbled upon Bodie Retreat, Tree, this yeah. movement that you're creating and it was a little bit life-changing for me I'm because, so, so if for future listeners, we're recording during a COVID, like a pandemic, and I couldn't go to church even if I wanted to, but I didn't really want to anyway. Like there, yeah. I felt like there was somewhere else I needed to be and I didn't know where, and then I found retreats and I started coming to them and I found so much solace, so much peace and community a group of people, mostly women with a few spr- men sprinkled in but people who are trying to find themselves and connect with the divine and there's this beautiful tent and it's a like complete zen den. you have to check it out but it made me feel at home. And I could connect with God in a way that made sense with me. And it, it's changed my life and the way I view things. I so this God. community you're building is beautiful. Oh, thank you for sharing Tell that. us more about it. Like, how did you decide I, to do this?
1: Guys, this is big magic. This came to me in, like, I... I just woke up and I I've always wanted community it's something I wanted it's something that um I you know I've heard it said that your pain is your purpose and your message is your medicine and so growing up I was always kind of the kid left out right I was kind of like bullied I was kind of I was too tall I was too this I was too you know what I mean and my friends were all kind of mean and just I was always looking for community and like the cheer squad or the church groups or you know what I mean and I just never really felt it and I just wanted so badly for there to be this community where everyone was felt loved and important. And there wasn't this competition and there wasn't this, you know, everyone was so valued for who they were. And that's just kind of, so I think my pain growing up of not feeling that became my purpose. Um, and I hope that my message is medicine for people that, you know, we're meant to do this together. And, and I just, the more I looked into myself, cause we, we have all the answers within, right. God is within, we come from this place of this big, call it the realm, call it the universe, call it God, call it heaven, whatever you call it, we all come from the same place. We all are made of the same stuff. Um, and I think we all have this desire to be, have that feeling of being, you know what I mean, connected. And so I, I just really wanted to create that. And I just woke up one morning. It, this is like, I'm telling you, it's just big magic shit. So I, um, I just was like I'm buying a tent. I'm gonna buy a tent. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna buy the biggest tent I can find. And my husband called me and he's like, What what is this? (laughs) And I was like, I have a tent and I'm gonna fill it with my dreams and um and I always go back to my happy places you know the start or the end of a little princess when they're on the buddha's head and there's water and elephants and it's magic and and to me magic's always been so attainable so it's not this mystical thing that is made up in books or i mean magic is transmuting energy at will we can do that we can totally do that and so i was like why don't i make this magical place and i want to bring my happy places to life and i want there to be community and the more i I just bought this tent and that was like a month later I had it filled with people and I, I surrendered to the universe and the co-creation and the dance with it was so beautiful. And, um, and it just came about in the most organic, natural way. And I feel like I met people like you who just kind of came to my life and, and it was so insanely oh what's that word what's that word where it was just serendipitous yes serendipitous it was so meant to be and it just took on a life of its own and and I I it's just the most beautiful co-creation with the universe that that was meant to be and I was I was willing to listen and to surrender to that call and magic happened because of it can you say that definition you gave of magic again yeah transmuting energy at will so we, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Okay. So guys, I have no degree. I went to hair school. I have a hair degree. I have no real degree, but, um, but she's also, but the I, most <laughs> but so. I have read enough books and put in enough studying that I should probably have like at least a bachelor's. Right. Um, but I don't anyways. I have done so much studying on the brain and, and I, it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me. This human experience fascinates me. And, um, and I, um, I was reading that we're 99.999999% energy and zero, zero point zero, 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 one percent matter. But we give so much attention and time and energy to that tiny fraction that, That really doesn't matter, right? Like we'll go spend hundreds of dollars and hours at the salon and the gym and that, you know, and, but really we're so much more than that. And when we can give that time and energy to our energy, it's just interesting. It's so amazing the stuff that happens and, and that's kind of, um, with the tent, I feel like everyone is so different and on their journey in their own unique places and they connect with the divine in their own ways, right? And so it's just a place to hold space for people to remember what's within them. And... Um, And I feel like nothing, nothing I tell you is right or, you know, you know better than any book, any person, any healer, anyone, what your body needs and what your mind and energy needs. And so creating that space, that safe space for you to come and connect back to self and have that remembering, it's magic.
2: I love, I love that. And can we talk a little bit more about holding space and opening space, creating space? Like I Mm -hmm. feel... If, um, if the listener is like so new into the their wellness journey, like that's kind of jargon that might not be uh, easily right. understood, you know. But the concept is
1: actually pretty simple. Right, right. Um, and I think uh, I really, really want Barbara to answer this question because I think she said it so beautifully. But I don't.
2: Know. <laughs> I don't know how we feel about having a fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> surprise guest. Peekabell,
1: Come
3: <laughs> <laughs> here. Um, holding space is really being able to be with other people and connecting with other people while diving into yourself, right? So, when... So you mentioned new people to this world and to meditating and just being comfortable with themselves. It's really breaking it down to being able to have someone that helps nurture an area that you can be comfortable with being connected to your breath and being able to close your eyes and feeling safe. That's what holding space means to me. And I truly feel like it's important to have that, but it's also, you can also hold space for yourself by creating an area and creating a space within somewhere that you feel safe. So it doesn't have to be, I think when people hear, holding space, it can be overwhelming because we're like, what in the world is this? Right. <laughs> what does that mean? And I mean, it, to start out, just make it somewhere that you feel safe. And then having people around you that feel spa- feel safe, that they can hold space yeah. for you and you can feel okay with being there and being vulnerable.
1: think that's so beautiful and I think it's something like someone who I heard a quote oh see quotes (laughs) um it is a healer doesn't heal you a healer holds space for you until you can heal yourself and I think that's that's absolutely hits the nail on the head for me that um you know sometimes come going within can be really scary or can be really intimidating or can be really new or uncomfortable, right. To, to really get to know yourself and to to dive deep and, um, and that's where I think it goes back to community too, where it's like, we weren't meant to do this alone. We weren't. And we to have someone that's there for you and can see you at all facets and all angles and all your ugly, true whatever. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to have someone that can see you at your core. Um, I always talk about, um, I think we're a diamond, right? We're, we become as these pure diamonds. And then through the years we get covered in horse crap. Mm. And then we get tired of that horse crap. So we paint it with nail polish because we want the world to see this shiny, beautiful thing. And and we always are saying okay, I'm gonna reinvent myself. I'm gonna and that's that's changing the nail polish, right? And and so sometimes we say, okay, well I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do this therapy and I'm gonna I'm gonna move around the horse crap and make it, you know. But really, you don't know, it's it's in the melting away of that and the becoming who you truly are that reveals the diamond no amount of altering the horse crap or no fancy sparkly nail polish will ever, will ever change that. It's at its core, at our core, we're diamonds. We're, we're, we're hundred dollar bills. Right. And if you carry me around all over the country in this beautiful purse, or if you crumple me up and spit on me or whatever, I'm a hundred dollars. My value doesn't change. And and I think that to me is holding space too, where it's, it's understanding that at my core, you know, I'm, I'm pure and, and to melting away of that horse crap and having someone there that is supporting you or you, if you're able to support yourself and, and whatever, I feel like that's also kind of to me, holding space.
2: I love that. I I think also coming from like a religious background, it's really not so different than if you're in a church or you're in a sanctuary Mm -hmm. and you're feeling this comfort and this warmth, the sense of home and community. That's that space. And something I love so much about uh, like Bodhi is you have a physical tent and it Mm -hmm. is a sanctuary. And Mm -hmm. so it's easier to get in this like mental state when you are also in like a physical actual like sanctuary yeah. yeah and
1: i think that's so cool about like religions it's like we're all so similar than we are different right there's yeah. so much more like and and these these things these you know what i mean like the hats that people wear or the um whatever it is it's a reminder to them it's it's a physical reminder these rituals these it's a physical reminder to you of the divinity and to me the divinity is within mm-hmm. and so i think that The tent whatever it is it's it's a reminder it's something for you to remember and sometimes we get so out of sorts that we need to we need to come back to our reminders and um that's why that Trevor Hall song reminder is like my theme song of the tent because it's it's about holding space he says my love is just a reminder while you find your center and um and that to me that's like, wrap it up, put it in a bow, here it is. Like, that's
3: holding space. Though. That is what the tent is, though, because yeah. that space and finding somewhere that you can be vulnerable.
0: Yeah.
3: And, like, I am the ugly... I am an ugly crier. Oh, I too. cry with so <laughs> much emotion too. and feeling that when I'm in the tent, it I, it, I feel like everyone around there sees me for me. Like, yeah. I don't have to worry about, oh, man, like... what what do I look like right now or whatever because everyone sees you for who you are and it doesn't matter. Like, you can be you and not have to apologize for it and they're holding that space so you can release that emotion.
1: Right. And I think when people, like, two or more people show up with that intention, like, magic really can happen and it's... I love, I love my tent, you guys. I love my tent but, um, I feel like it it's alive. It has a heartbeat. It has a soul. And that soul comes from people being willing to be vulnerable and sharing and, and it soaks into the canvas. And it's like, you can't walk into that tent without feeling it without feeling
0: I, the soul.
2: Lauren, I know you had a really cool experience in the tent the other day. Do you want to share that?
0: I've had a few really great experiences. But one in particular, um, we start, it was a cacao ceremony. I still don't know how to say that word, but <laughs> <Yes>. As <laughs> someone
2: who worked in a chocolate factory, <laughs> cacao
0: is the <laughs> So we, you know, and we started out by expressing our gratitude. And I felt overwhelming gratitude for the idea of new beginnings. And the idea that we are all a little half-baked and that every day is a chance to have a new beginning and to uh, embrace this world for all of of the goodness. And then by the end of the day, we want another do-over and we get that. And so I was thinking about that and I expressed it. And then towards the end, we did oracle cards and I pulled out a card and it was the new beginning card. And it proceeded to celebrate the new beginnings of our lives in a beautiful way Uh, but I really do believe that it's it's that intention that everyone brings in Mm -hmm. everyone's there to heal everyone's there to grow everyone's there to celebrate each other and beautiful things happen, magical things happen when we're in that space. And Barbara, I remember you saying that your zen then of sorts is your closet. Yes. And yes. I love that. Like, <laughs> the, the name kind of came to us for our company. Like We want people to have this space, wherever it is. And it starts as a physical space. So for Ashley, for you, for you it's the tent. Barbara, for you, it's your closet. Mm-hmm. But eventually we get to the point, and I'm very much not there, but on the journey where we can take this zen with us wherever we go. And it becomes—it doesn't really matter where we are because we feel zen. And then then our space is just a reminder. It's just a symbolic reminder of something that we've embodied. And that's beautiful to me.
1: I love it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing your experience. I always love
0: having you in the tent.
1: I love it. Um, And that's thats why it's so fascinating. The tent has never let me down. Okay, that's a lie. One time I was like, I am going to print out things and I'm going to put things in a folder for all these people and I am so prepared and I am going to control these experiences. Everyone's going to cry. We're all going to have this Kumbaya (laughs) moment. And it it was one of my first events, right? And, um... I was like look at me I'm so prepared and I tried to control the experiences in that tent and I was like not feeling it I was like this isn't this isn't my experience to have that was like the biggest epiphany is like one of the biggest eye-opening moments in that tent is when I was like I'm gonna control this and everyone's gonna leave here feeling enlightened and yada 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 and And I was like, this is so not my experience to have. This is so not my journey to have. How am I supposed to tell someone like your healing is on this printout card? Like you're welcome. Here you go. And so I, I had to stop mid mid event. I was like, I can't, this isn't, I have to follow the energy of the tent and everyone needs something different. And I can't tell them what that is. And so my practice with the tent is to show up to what shows up, to not prepare. And as someone who wants to control everything, that's been really hard to just say, okay, show up to what shows up. And so the most preparing I do for any event is to not prepare, is to like, I'll be like, oh, and we should do this and this and this. And I was like, no, 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 stop, stop. And whenever I go into it completely blank, it's, it never lets me down. Never. Like, because people are there and people know what they need. And, and the energy, you know, I had, I had an experience with a friend in the tent that was so, it was just spiritual and so special and so sacred. And, um, and I had a, I had a printout of like kind of the flow of like, Oh, we could do this. And when I got in there and read the energy of the, the tent, I just threw it out. And, and that experience wouldn't have happened had I tried to to control that so it's so cool it is
0: so cool energy is just so real and isn't that a lesson for all of the important things of life? Like, I'm not a parent, but I imagine right. the conversations you have with your husband or your children are similar. Like, if you try to control the situation, if you try to control right. how they turn out, it's like square peg around whole thing. It just right. doesn't work. It causes that friction. and yeah, that It prevents them from being who they want to be and you from being who you want to be. Right. But if you go into it with... Oh arms wide open and say, I'll love you regardless. Let's right. try to figure this out together. It's co-creation, Right. which is the theme of your life and your business. And I think there's
1: cool. so there's people cause themselves a lot of pain trying to prevent pain. Right. And I, I've noticed that, especially with my daughters, like they are the best teachers I've ever had, but, um, trying to control that and it's just causing the pain and that power struggle and that, you know, and, and there's definitely, I like to call it a dance cause it's like, it's, it's always moving. It's ever changing. It's ever flowing.
2: That reminds me yesterday. I was reading this article about, um, like a psychoanalyst, but he said, suffering is trying to always be understood. Mm. And I think, I mean, we all at heart, you know, we want to be understood. We want to be careful and be loved, but also it can be very frustrating experience. And if you just like, let go and if you're you know not trying to understand the nitty-gritty of what's going to happen in the tent or what's going to happen in the next five years and you just let it flow then you also let suffering flow out too
1: right because that's that's control
2: right you're trying to control
1: how people perceive you and that's something that I've always been like but I'm I'm good, like, let me be part of your group, you know what I mean, and trying to control how people see me caused me a really hard high school experience, and a really hard college, you know, just trying to control, making sure everyone always thought I was so great, and so, you know, and I was like, but then I forgot about my relationship with me, and
0: It's kind of like the emperor has no clothes. Right. (laughs) I had a similar high school experience, so, like, we should definitely talk about this, maybe even make it its own episode. But I remember thinking over and over again all throughout high school I just want to be like the popular girls like yeah. I yeah a limb to be like the popular yes. girls and I tried to shop where they shop and do what they do and talk about what they talked about even though I find that found it to be totally mindless but right. I thought if I just do this thing then they'll accept me yes and spoiler alert it never worked like I was never <laughs> ever like I don't even I don't even think I, even think I had a prom date yeah I never went to <laughs> on <laughs> but like, I tried so hard like I have to remember thinking like if I save up my pennies and buy the clothes they wear then I will be liked and it just doesn't work anyway right
1: and, and then you end up not liking yourself yeah, in the process yeah. and I
0: think about how much time I spent trying to be someone else and how I could have invested that in be me yes and now that's my major commitment to myself is just to that. start being me, whatever that looks like. And I'm a little behind, but it's no, you're perfect
3: right on time.
0: Yes. Yeah. But tell me what is the biggest thing you want your four daughters to take with them when they go? Oh move man. On? My biggest thing
1: I want for them is, is love to love themselves, love the community, have a love of, of all people, all cultures, all, um, all things and, and, and to really not be afraid of, of who they are and the power that they they have. Um, because they're really strong, they're really strong. And it makes me emotional because the world tries to tell them they're not and, and that their power is, is wrong or, you know, or bad or, or this. And I just hope that they leave leave this nest with a sense of love, mostly for themselves, and that will trickle out to love of all humanity.
2: I love that, I think that's so beautiful and such a, a gorgeous end note, really. Um, something that everyone in our tribe needs to hear. Yeah. We're all strong, we're all beautiful, and we just need to follow that.
0: Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for your time. We have learned so much from you, you are a light. You can find Ashley at Bodhi Retreat. And as always, you can find us at zendense.store and find all sorts of fun Zen products. Have a great day.